Hi, I'm your host, Michael Gilbo, here to let you know about a new and innovative theater major, the BA in Theater and Business Arts at the University of Providence. Get the education and experience you need as a theater artist and the business acumen to succeed in your career. Visit broadwaybullet.com and stay tuned to the end of the program for more info. Now, enjoy the show. Center. It sounds very huge and elevated, and that's what it feels like. Like once you're working there, because rent is about much more than just friendship, love, and musical theater. It was about something that shook musical theater. People are becoming more and more comfortable with, you know, issues of people being different. I mean, we do it all. I mean, you know, we don't we don't back away from anything. All right, we're back with a brand new season of Broadway Bullet. This is volume 301. I'm your host, Michael Gilbo, and we've got some great stuff for you. Uh, we got our first live show coming up this Sunday. I'll tell you more in a second. But on this episode, we have got the Wendigo. We have got Oberon Theater Ensemble talking about their new uh, spring rep. We've got Ken Davenport here for the producer's perspective. We got Marty Cooper on board with On the Positive Side. And we've got a special advanced sneak preview of Duncan Sheik's brand new CD, Whisper House. It's a concept album for his next Broadway show. And uh, that comes out everywhere on January 27th, but you're going to hear the debut cut here first. So, I mentioned our first live show. Uh, not a lot of notice for those of you listening, but hopefully some of you are listening enough to go run out. This Sunday, the 25th of January, Broadway Bullet's very first live show. And this isn't in a backroom cabaret. We've got the main space at the Times Square Art Center. It used to be the Laugh Factory. Great big space, great sound, great lights, comfortable to move around in. Uh, it's going to be from 6 to 10 p.m. It's a combination of open mic. Uh, we got a couple featured showcase performers, uh, including Katie Kozlowski, who's performed on the show here before. Uh, we've also got Prospect Theatre Company is debuting uh, and performing tracks from their musical Honor. And uh, there's going to be APAC uh, is going to be performing a couple numbers from their production of Ragtime. And uh, we may have a couple special guests showing up, too, unannounced. Uh, you might, you'll have to be there to see who they are. Uh, so it's going to be a great night. Hope everybody can make it. It's a $15 cover, uh, two drink minimum, but if you give them the code HIPPOPOTAMUS at the door, you'll get $5 off. Uh, as I said, it's 6 to 10 p.m. If you want to be on the open mic, uh, sign-up starts at 5 o'clock. We'll be taking sign-ups for that until we're full. And there's going to be a contest at the end of the night for the theater open mic singers. The top three singers at the very end of the night will each sing one more song, and the winner gets $50 cash prize, two hours of recording, Recording studio time with me, two hours of rehearsal studio space with Roy Aria Studios, and a special three-camera edit of their performance ready for them to put out on YouTube. That's right, we're going to be audio and videotaping the entire evening, and we may be pulling out segments of the night to put up on our YouTube channel and featuring uh, pieces of it on our next podcast. And hey, if you're an open mic singer and we 
like and it works out, maybe you'll be heard here on the podcast for thousands of listeners. So uh, hopefully you can join us. It's really important you support it. The venue is excited about doing more of these, but we need to we need to show a good turnout. So uh, please brave the cold. Head on down to 43rd and 8th in the Times Square Arts Center and uh, say hippopotamus. Get $5 off. It's going to be a great evening. You can come and go as you like. You don't have to get there right at 6 p.m. You can leave whenever you want. It's not like a theater show. Uh, it's comfortable to move around in. There's a bar area where you can go chat and meet new friends. And it really should be a fun night. It should be what Broadway Bullet is all about. So uh, I hope to see you there. Check it out. Uh, you can find out more at the website, broadwaybullet.com. And speaking of the website, our website has been redesigned if you want to go check that out. Uh, the other one looked kind of nice, but I think everybody kind of knows it was a little bit hard to navigate, not as simple as it seemed. I believe the new thing not only looks nice, but should be easy for you to find what you're looking for. So go there, check it out, sign up for our mailing list so you don't miss out on things. We've actually, we're honest to God, going to do newsletters now to keep you informed and have special contests and stuff. So, uh, yeah, that's the news. Uh, it seems like about time for us to roll into the program. On the boards. The Vagabond Theater Ensemble is presenting the horror play, The Wendigo, and they've told me it has nothing to do with the current economic crisis or <laughs> George you, Bush, Michael. so I'm wondering what's so scary about it, but we've got playwright Eric Sanders here and producer Sarah Ann Massey to talk about the show. How are the two of you doing? Just fine. Great. Thank you very much, Michael. <laughs> Thanks for that caveat at the beginning. Too. <laughs> Everything's about the economic crisis right now. Everything except for... Classic supernatural horror from 1910, <laughs> adapted right. for a modern-day setting. Absolutely. Well, uh, first off, yeah, tell us a little bit. What is the Wendigo? The Wendigo. Wendigo. I want to say Wendigo. No. no. Like. Wendigo is the comic <laughs> sequel. Wendigo is the horror <laughs> original. Um, so the Wendigo is uh, a story by this fantastic um, horror writer from the early 1900s named Algernon Blackwood. And uh, he's a very, very influential guy on people like Stephen King and uh, even comic books. Um, you mean there were people besides Poe? This, it's actually a great question because this is the 200th anniversary of Poe's birth, um, leading to years of alcoholism, as we know. <laughs> And some good writing. Um, Poe, the father of alcoholism. But Poe, <laughs> Poe, you know, in addition to being the father of alcoholism, uh, was probably the first breed of of the kind of writer that Algernon Blackwood was, um, and he he's really probably the best predecessor of um, of Poe. Uh, he took the mantle, and uh, in the early 1900s through the 30s, and even into the 40s, uh, he was considered one of, if not the best horror writer right. of uh, supernatural fiction in the world for that, the audience of people who enjoy that kind of stuff. So The Wendigo is one of his best stories. Um, it's a story of these four hunters who go into the woods on a moose hunt in northern Canada and split up. That's not a horror story. That's my life in Montana. <laughs> that, that, yeah, you're from Montana, so uh, you probably know not how that goes. a moose hunt, but deer hunt. Okay. So I don't know if this happens on your hunts, but these guys split up, and one of the parties uh, starts feeling a, a presence, and I won't go too much into detail about it because you have to come see the play. Yeah, but don't give too much away. It gets very unsettling, and the atmosphere of the woods and the darkness and the campfire and the, and the men kind of losing their S-bombs. Uh, 
<laughs> makes it really unsettling. S bombs. S bomb. They're losing their, you know. What you can say it. I'm gonna say it. They're losing their shit. All right, all right. We graduated. I usually do CNBC interviews about the economic crisis. So. But um, it's very unnerving, <laughs> and uh, it's a sustained uh, atmosphere that uh, I think from the first moment should have people starting to fidget a little bit in a good way, um, lean forward and kind of catch the action. You know, when I saw, you know, American Buffalo, I fidgeted and got <laughs> uncomfortable in a bad way. Mm, different. <laughs> different. Very different from Mabbitt. Yeah. Uh, very different from Mabbitt. Um, this one... Uh, this will make you uncomfortable in a good way. So, and it, but the great thing about it is it's is it's uh, we were talking a bit about this before. It's uh, horror in a sort of uh, classic, uh, smart, atmospheric sense, right. more than a guy bursting in with a machete, which can be scary. But I wouldn't necessarily consider that supernatural horror. I would consider that. You know, a does the slasher, slasher work board. on stage? Uh, I've, I've done it. I actually, I produced, I produced uh, something in that vein, and um, it can. It has to be done very sensibly, and the slashing has to be less uh, emphasized than in movies. <laughs> it's more the lead up to the slashing, right? But um, in this case, it's it's. Uh, it's much more about the psychological damage that's going on. Well, it's always the anticipation in anything that's exciting, right? Whether Absolutely. Even coming here, the yeah. anticipation. <laughs> much more exciting oh, no. than the actual no, no, interview. This, this is good. We like you, Michael. Um, so, yeah, so people need to come see the Wendigo, and they will be scared. And if they're not, talk to Sarah. Yeah. I'm not going to say they can have their money no. back. It's only $10, <laughs> which Less is great. Less than a movie. Yeah, right? we kept the ticket prices low because we want everyone to come. It's, it's cheaper good. It's, than a movie. Yeah, it's cheaper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's great. You said, you know, some of your listeners are Is that are a good thing schoolers. anymore to tell people that, you know, uh, it's I think cheaper so. than a movie? You well, know? you know, in the economic crisis, <laughs> right. we decided not to talk about. If you have $10 left, this is probably more sufficient than eating dinner in terms of filling you with a, a sort of uh, spirit to get you through the rest of your night. Yeah. You'll be so you'll be so freaked out that you won't even want to eat after seeing the Wendigo. That's, I hope that's our review. <laughs> now, Sarah, uh, Vagabond, you, you're kind of a founding member. Yeah, I'm a founding member. I'm the producing director, and uh, I'm a young company. Very young, year and a half, and uh, it's all young sort of actors, writers, directors who are the founding members. Are things supposed to be talking at a year and a half? Still in diapers. Yeah. (laughs) We're talking, walking, (laughs) producing, producing, spending money, you know. Uh, It's been good. We've been lucky to survive our year mark. And uh, I I met Eric a while ago, sort of accidentally through Facebook. And we started talking. He started sending me scripts. Playwrights, you can now get discovered (laughs) through Facebook. (laughs) It's true. I actually, I mean, just it's not something we need to dwell on, but I encourage people to connect with other people in the theater through Facebook. Good things can happen. It's true. Better than We've got a lot of great theater people on Broadway Bullets Facebook. I believe it. I I am friends with the Broadway Bullet on Facebook. (laughs) It's been good for me. Yeah, Uh, yeah, so when I saw... You can meet people at our new showcase (laughs) on the 25th. That's right. I saw that invitation. And then come to the Wendigo and meet more people. Yes. Have more Facebook friends. Yeah, but Eric... Shameless uh, plugs over. (laughs) (laughs) Serious time. Eric sent me the Wendigo, and, you know, it was several revisions ago now, but when I read it, I just decided that this is what we need to do, and uh, it's been my pet project. 
and I'm working on it solely as producer. You know, I'm an actor in other worlds, but... Uh, Which worlds? I only know of the, <laughs> this one. On Earth, but. Isn't this a separate reality from where <laughs> we usually Paris are? Paris Hilton is like an actress in other worlds, <laughs> too, because she certainly isn't on this one. I, yeah, I... Hey, I'll I put her in a show. Why not? Sell us some tickets. Why not? Uh, yeah, no, I, I've acted You're in, willing to whore out a role to Paris absolutely. Hilton? Absolutely. Right, not in the Wendigo. <laughs> not in the... In the right or, kind of show, in a comedy. I mean, yeah. That's the thing is, I mean, I think you can have fun with casting if the show is about having fun and being silly. And the problem is when people cast, you know, plays that need to be cast appropriately with people like Paris Hilton. I don't want to badmouth her, but say, if she's listening, yeah. please come Paris. to Wendigo the Paris. worst thing that could happen would be for, to hear, for her to acknowledge the fact that you badmouth her. <laughs> Paris, no, I, this is true. Paris has been just getting by. I mean, knowing how, how bad her, her, neg- her public image is. But if she heard that I was it would break her. denouncing her work, I think it would crush the little soul that she may have. I, this is, let's talk about theater. <laughs> Michael, you've led us astray. I thought you were supposed to get us on track. No. But it's fun to talk about Paris Hilton. It is. But, uh, and it'd be fun to like kill her in a horror Play. I'm sure she's been killed in horror films before. Yes. I think she's she been has. Killed in a she actually was borderline naked. I didn't see it. <laughs> no, I'm no. sure. Just the scene, not the whole film. All right. <laughs> so the horror, the stuff, discovering yeah. uh, Eric here on Facebook, and yeah. you decided to produce and yeah. take on the world here. And and what has how has the process been for you? It's been great. We have a really fantastic group of artists working on this play. Our director, Matthew Hancock, is really brilliant and has a really great eye for horror. And yeah, uh, he's that's I'm gonna I'm gonna go talk. on the record because he'll probably listen to this. <laughs> uh, Matt is doing things that I don't know anyone else in the theater world who's doing them, especially American directors. I mean, he's coming at it from another world and in a good way. And you'll see. I mean, this is there's going to be some stuff in here and it doesn't require fancy special effects. It's just an eye in the sense that David Lynch has an eye and Matt has the eye for theater and um, he's he can pull off some some uh, directing sleight of hand that that is very very impressive. A really smart guy. So, thanks Matt. Thank you. Have a good rehearsal tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but he's excellent, and our actors are really brilliant and well-suited to their characters. And well, if the actors are brilliant, it doesn't take too much sleight of hand for the director. Uh, no, and I let them revise the script, yeah, which is nice. Yeah, uh, no, it's sleight of hand from directors who can take truly incompetent actors and yeah. make them look okay on stage. But it's that's, even better when you have good actors. That's a different type of director. Right. Great, right? When you have good actors, a good script, and a good director, Yeah. Sort of a perfect Especially because I've done, uh, I produced a horror show a couple years ago called Dread Awakening that was really successful at the 45th Street Theater. And um, I've written a few shows that you could classify as a form of horror. And I can say from experience that it's just as difficult as comedy, if not harder. I mean, you have to sustain a sort of tension. And uh, you have to do it in a smart way. And And once you lose the audience... They're not going to come back. Oh no! And I go with that. I wouldn't say it's. Just, I would probably, from the stuff I've seen, I would probably say on a theatrical stage level, I think horror and suspense is probably the absolute hardest. Thing well, then I see that. I'll throw it on the gauntlet. Come to the Wendigo, ten dollars, and see if we pulled it off. I right. think. Bam! I think we'll scare you. I think so too. We'll get under your skin. Throw down the gauntlet. We'll see you there opening night, yeah. February fifth at the Medicine Show Theater. That's true. Can we just do our title real quick? Well, here, this is this is how we do it. Right. The Wendigo. 
Scary, right? It'll be if I put like reverb on it. Oh, will you? That'd be great. Will you just will You'll you put reverb on the whole back interview? And see if there was inter- was reverb on that. <laughs> uh, so can I do a little bit of producerial business okay. here on this? So we're doing the one to go February fifth through twenty eighth, but it's it's part of a larger festival that the Vagmonds are putting up called the Cabin Fever Festival. So any night of the week during February, you can come to the Medicine Show Theater and see something, a reading of a new play, music, bands, dance pieces. Uh, it's just constantly going on after the wedding performances. Scary? No, not all of them are scary. <laughs> not all of them are. I mean, I hope. Yeah, <laughs> Maybe scary we'll in different ways. You never know. Uh, but yeah, we, we sort of, going along the lines of wanting to support artists, uh, we just want to give people a space to present their work free of charge to them, $5 for the audience every night. So you should come down Except and check it out. Except for the Wendigo. The Wendigo the is 10, which is twice it's as premium. good. It is the centerpiece of our entire <laughs> festival. Tell them your website. Our website, www.thevagabondtheaterreensemble.com. That's not theater R-E-R-E. <laughs> no, no, not a redundant R-E-R-E. R-E. Theater as in the theater as a whole, not as in one specific location. That is the difference, you know. That's what I've always said on the show. I said, well, I I always say in general that R-E is the art. Mm -hmm. E-R is the building. Right. I agree. That's how I've always done it. It's not us trying to be pretentious. No. (laughs) So they do have a European influence. (laughs) (laughs) The Wendigo is based on a French piece. No, it's not. (laughs) British. It's British. Now, Eric, you told me it would probably come up, and you know what? It hasn't yet. All the various people, well, you mentioned it one or two. You didn't mention but all the various people that this... uh, Original author has oh, um, which I've already spaced his name because I'm that much Algernon an idiot. Blackwood. <laughs> That's you just have to say it a couple times. If you say it three Algernon times Blackwood. in the mirror, he appears. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll say it once more. Algernon Blackwood. Yeah, he, um, he Penguin Classics. To their credit, and I've talked to some of the people over at Penguin, and they're the coolest people ever. And they put out an anthology of his work a couple years ago. And uh, to kind of pay tribute to him, a really smart edition um, with annotations and a great introduction, and uh, I read it, and I was really blown away. I mean, he's, um, I I was a big fan of a writer named H.P. Lovecraft. I don't know if you've heard of him, but he's, for the geeky horror kids out there, he's a, he's the legend. Him and Poe are the two legends. And um, Blackwood should be third on that list, um, right alongside Lovecraft and Poe. Should be third, but if only he hadn't stumbled right at the last step before the... <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was, he, he was up there to get the bronze, and he tripped at the last minute, and uh, King got it. But well, um, You were mentioning some very specifics. Of oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah that's, a, that's a good point. Um, so the Wendigo is it's a character in Marvel Comics, um, I believe in the X-Men series, but uh, you can have some fact-checkers look into that. Uh, that's directly <laughs> yes, taken... Yes, I'm full of fact-checkers. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. It's like the New Yorker. Elves. Um, that's directly influenced by the Blackwood story. Um, there's a Wendigo character in the Stephen King novel Pet Cemetery that is directly lifted from the Wendigo uh, story as written by Blackwood. Um, directors like M. Night Shyamalan, um, Larry Fessenden, who's a cult... How did he influence M. Night Shyamalan? How did he influence M. Night Shyamalan? Yeah. What, what did he influence him on? I'm not missing this bit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I would say, I would say a, a quality film uh, called The Happening. Is your play better than The Happening? It is better yes. and cheaper <laughs> yes. than The Happening. It is better than The Happening. And, um, but in the sense that nature can be a force of malevolence. 
Right. I think he that idea is taken directly from Blackwood. That's that's Blackwood's central focus right. is make, making beauty something terrifying, like the woods or lakes or streams or moose, anything in the in the you know in Montana, like right. you said. Yeah, I like this idea of calling it environmental horror. Environmental horror, yeah, and it's not like genre. not like selling off Yellowstone. Right. I mean, like, <laughs> <laughs> nothing to do with the economic crisis. No. Um, legitimate. Psychological, economic heart. Uh, environmental heart. <laughs> That'll See? be edited out. I got so close. So close. Put one little snap that ruins the whole interview. Fortunately. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Yeah. So come see the Wendigo. All right. And the show opens on February 5th, is that right? Yes. That's right. How long is it run until? The end of February, February 28th. And people can get tickets where? Smartticks.com. And it's Wendigo. Wendigo. Yeah, Wendigo. Yeah. That, you, not perfect. Wendigo. No, no don't no, even no. say Wendigo. 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 <laughs> Wendigo is the musical version. <laughs> Wendigo is the horror version. Starring Paris Hilton. <laughs> oh, we're going to do it right now. I'm meeting right. on the phone. Excellent. We'll make it happen. All right. Well, Eric Sanders and Sarah Ann Massey. Right? That's right. Uh, thank you so much for coming down, and wish you the best of luck, and hopefully you'll scare the pants off a lot of people. Hopefully not everybody, just some people. <laughs> Only hopefully the attractive Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, Michael. Okay. Thank you. The Call Board. All right, Broadway Bullet. We're going weekly again. I forgot to say that news when we at the beginning of the show. And with all the live uh, stuff that we're hoping to be doing, uh, we're going to be doing a play reading series as well and whatnot. Broadway Bullet is, again, we're looking for some interns. Uh, we need a couple of great interns here in New York City. Uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's an unpaid internship. I guarantee you'll make some good contacts and learn a lot. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a little bit of everything and meet a lot of people. So um, if you're interested Give me an email at mgilbo, that's G-I-L-B-O-E, at broadwaybullet.com. Just send me a cover letter and a resume, and I'll get back to you and hopefully set up an interview. So it'd be nice to see you. You know, one of the things uh, the interns did was help come up with the news stories here for the call board and uh, and the top of the trades at the end of the show. So I had a script, and I'm a bit swamped with the live show. So this is really all the news I got for the call board. I need some help. I uh, guarantee it'll be friendly and fun. Again, email me at mgilbo at broadwaybullet.com if you're interested in an internship here. Okay. The Producer's Perspective. Hey, everybody. It's Ken Davenport from theproducersperspective.com. You know, I recently got back from a trip to Korea where I was able to see my production of My First Time in Seoul in Korean. And let me tell you, when this happens to you, and it will... When the first time you see a production of yours halfway around the world in a different language that was born in your living room, it's quite a trip, no pun intended. So I had a great time, had some great kimchi, and came back on Monday to see a very exciting email sitting in my inbox, actually from my international agent for my first time, with an update on all of the places that my first time is going to go in 09. So get this, after already being in Mexico and Korea, the show is now headed for Italy, India, Argentina, Brazil, Chile, France, Greece, Ireland, and the UK, Moscow, Spain, and Israel. Actually, that... That's not entirely true. Israel's on hold. And here's a direct quote from my agent's contact in Israel explaining why. She said, Beersheba was intending to enter rehearsals soon, but a war broke out down south, and Beersheba is one of the cities that is directly affected by it. 
Two weeks ago, in the middle of the ceremony celebrating the grand opening of their new theater, the first rocket hit Beersheba, and they were forced to stop the ceremony in the middle and to send everyone home. Since then, they are not allowed to have any gatherings of more than 100 people in one place. They canceled everything until further notice, forcing them to put all of their plans on hold. Once this is over, hopefully soon, they will have to reschedule everything. End quote. You know, producing theater in New York City is hard. But even with our silly work rules and situations like Jeremy Piven departing productions of Speed the Plow, it ain't that hard. We're pretty damn lucky to be able to do what we do in this city and in this country, and we should take a moment today to remember that. You know what's amazing? Listen to the last part of that quote again. The agent said, Once this is over, parentheses, hopefully soon, end parentheses, they will have to reschedule everything. No matter how awful things may be over there, and remember, they literally can't gather more than 100 people in one place. They're still optimistic at the end. And if that's not what theater is all about, I don't know what is. So my thoughts today are with the people caught up in conflicts all over the world. This is Ken Davenport with theproducersperspective.com. Duncan Cheek is releasing his brand new CD, Whisper House, on January 27th. Uh, I hope he doesn't need any introduction, but for those of you who don't know, uh, he wrote a little show called Spring Awakening that won a whole bunch of Tonys. Whisper House is actually a concept album where he sings a lot of the stuff with a couple other people and is looking at a Broadway run for this. It comes out the 27th, but right here we have the first track from the CD, It's Better to Be Dead, and I believe this is also featuring Holly Brook. Uh, and yeah, you get to check it out. So out everywhere January 27th right now it's better to be dead from the whisper house by Duncan Cheek I present to you a story set upon a northern shore denizens of lighthouse during times of war the foolish things they did the foolish things they said I'm sure you will agree They would be better off dead Lily keeps the lighthouse She's afraid of the unknown She's no ray of sunshine So mostly she's alone No one cares about her the dreams on which she's fed And though I'm sad to say it She would be better off dead Next we have a sheriff Charles is his name He's something of a sideshow Every sheriff is the same Will he stand for justice Or something else instead Either way it hardly matters She's better off dead When everything is done 
come here on a train. His father flew to heaven in a fiery aeroplane. He's come to live with Lily. He's got visions in his head. He may be our main attraction, but he's better off dead. When everything is done, everything is said. Life is not but pain. It's better to be dead. Reach your MER. Rest your. So go pick it up. It's in stores everywhere on January 27th. You can pre-order it now on Amazon. That was Duncan Sheik with Holly Brook. That is It's Better to Be Dead. Did I get that right? Yes. <laughs> it's Better to Be Dead from Whisper Room out on Sony. You can also find out more at www.duncansheik.com. On the boards. It's always nice to welcome back old friends. We had the Oberon Theater Company. Uh, Brad Fryman, who's the artistic director, on a couple of years ago. Uh, I'll, I'll have to check up what episode they were on so you can catch more. Yeah, definitely but, go back and listen to it. <laughs> but they're back. Uh, they're doing in their 12th season, which is amazing for an independent New York theater company. And they are doing a rep of Shakespeare's Much Ado About Nothing and American Rapture, which is a combination of Hello Out There by William Saroyan and world premiere plays by Alex Dinalaris. And if you haven't heard of him as a playwright director yet, you may well very soon, as there are some very interesting projects in the work. But they're both here to join us. How are you guys doing? All right. <laughs> you want to introduce yourselves quickly so people can connect the voice uh, with your name? How you doing? Brad Fryman, artistic director of the Oberon Theater Ensemble. And Alex Tenelaris, uh, playwright and director of the evening for Brad's uh, previously mentioned Oberon Theater Ensemble. Oh, we're sounding so sincere and severe. <laughs> this is like PBS! Where we start duking it out in five minutes. <laughs> I thought I distinctly said, no PBS. Okay, I, w I won't ask any deep, meaningful questions. We're going to start with, uh, how many chicks do you get being in theater? <laughs> well, I got the one. I'm, I'm looking at I can't, the yeah, ring. I have the ring on, so I, I have the one, and uh, at least the only one I'm going to mention right now is my wife, Nyla. And of course, I, you know, you know, being the artistic director, I wouldn't cross any lines. Sure, like that. sure. <laughs> oh, that sounded sincere. Well, Sincerely. Well, one of the shows in rep you got going on is uh, William Shakespeare's Much Ado About Nothing. And I haven't heard about this playwright. Is he new? <laughs> I've is, heard he, is he coming up? Is a he making people waves? people are discovering him yeah. these days. Billy, yeah. Billy the Shakes. <laughs> yeah, he's up and coming. Yeah, he's going he's gonna to make a splash, I think. Yeah. And especially yeah. this production at Theater Row Theaters. Yeah. <laughs> 
now you're acting in both shows, uh, Brad and Alex. You wrote and directed um, the second half of American Rapture, which we'll talk about a little bit, I guess. What, what is the whole idea of the evening with American Rapture? Alex can handle that. Well, I, we, we just we, we look through material uh, to match. When you're in rep, I guess, with the other show, uh, we, we wanted to do something that would uh, the, that would work for the company. And uh, I had a, a bunch of short plays that I was working on and some fun and some tragic and some uh, snarky. And, uh, and snarky, great word. Sn- yeah, well, snarky. it was fantastic. Not a PBS word. When we very uh, first began the idea of the evening, I said, Alex, we're going to keep it fun. We're going to keep it light. We're going to entertain people. Times are tough. Nobody wants to think or learn. or We just want to go in the theater and have some fun and throw sh- stuff around. And, uh, and of course, that's not what we're going to do so much. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to do a lot of the fun. But um, he decided that it's time to tackle some uh, what's the uh, second part of the evening titled uh, our byline American Rapture uh, Lonely Hearts Lonely souls in a crowded nation. Yeah, in a crowded nation. Yeah, sounds light and a pleasant night of theater on Valentine's Day. Lonely people in America, just for a goof. (laughs) Just for goofs and fun. (laughs) So, so, so I like to. So it's the hello out there, which is a, which is a. It's a one act play by William Saroyan, who is a Pulitzer Prize winning playwright, who's. Big time. His big play was uh, the time of your life back in nineteen somewhere between. His big work was between thirty nine and forty three somewhere in there. But he has a play called Hello Out There, which is a one act. And Pulitzer, nice new award. Hopefully, gaining a little bit of yeah, cred. And that, Maybe that, not quite as good as the People's Choice Awards yet. But. Not yet. We'll get that, like the Globes now. And uh, I think that Shakespeare might win one before it's all over. Before it's all said and done. Um, so, so yeah, so we, we just match that. And so that has a sort of periodness to it. My stuff is sort of modern and uh, more fun, and, and, uh, but altogether they match in that, in, that, in that way. Now, how many pieces are there of, of, for your portion of the In that movie? evening, in um, the evening we're calling American Rapture, there are six pieces altogether. It's uh, Saroyan's play, Hello Out There, and then four. Uh, is that because Oberon commissioned you per play? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> not, not per word, but per, but per play. And uh, there was a four, get one fifth, like a bonus. So I went for the incentives, and one play is four words long. But they're good words, and I think in the right order. Um, snarky, one of them? Oh, yeah, yeah, Snarky is one of them, yeah. I won't say which one. Let's keep the surprise open. It might be this. Um, yeah, so. <laughs> and so... And uh, Brad, you're acting in both shows, yeah, as well as uh, yeah. That's what you want to call it. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah, if you can call it that. Um, I show up, and sometimes. Well, there's a lot of actors in New York who probably shouldn't call it that, (laughs) but we won't. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, but I do a little something in both nights, and uh, well, because I have to be there anyway, so I might as well open the door for somebody or something while I'm there, you know on stage and talk to people. <laughs> Give me a broom. Yeah, I will have a broom. Yeah. And uh, I think I clear tables. Yes, he did. Some of the work. Actually, and, you uh, do, yeah. And, you know, I wipe sweat off the floor. It's just nice to have me around as someone to kind of clean up after all the other actors. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's our Schneider from one day at a time. He's just, you know, <laughs> T-shirt rolled out, cleaning up. So, Brad, now... Oberon's been going now 
this is its twelfth season. Yeah, is that right? Have you been artistic director the whole time, or uh, pretty much? There were some sharing of duties in the very beginning, and I had a partner who significantly both of us led the company. And he had to leave town a couple years back. So for the last the mob. probably yeah, since, yeah, yeah. it's tough. Yeah. And kids <laughs> and God bless him. He's doing great and taking care of his family and getting his kid into college. But um, uh, so I took it over officially by myself with significant help from the ensemble. About, gosh, I guess it's uh, four years ago. We've been at Theater Row for four years. So that's pretty exciting too. Theater Row, 42nd yeah. Street, Crossroads of the World. Don't Great facilities. I, I I think there's some purists who hate the old theaters disappearing, but I, for one, really love these new facilities that have been coming up in New York. Well, one of the theaters there still has... There's room to the, sit. Room, there's, I'm a tall guy. There's room to sit. But some of them share the old walls to the old theater row, and the old brick walls are still up. Yeah, it was like Intar and Lortel there, right? In that yeah. middle, exactly yeah. where we were. I used to love those. I was one of the ones that used to love those theaters. But I'm, I'm, I don't need as much leg room as you. <laughs> I didn't mind so much. I mean, the, yeah, won't go into leg room, but oh my God, some of these theaters need to get a clue. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right? True. Give up a row. Give me some room for my The Velasco needs to give up a balcony, because I can't imagine anybody sitting in that top balcony. Oh, that's amazing, isn't it? Possibly talking anything good about a show. I think that's halfway <laughs> passing strange closed. Anybody sitting up in that top, top balcony was like, it's a crap show. You can only see the tops of heads. Don't go. Yeah, Let's talk up. Passing Strange for a second. Brilliant, right? Brilliant. Stu, yeah. marvelous, right? Fantastic. Yeah. What a talent. I didn't see it on Broadway. I saw it at the, I saw it at the public, and I didn't, I didn't catch it well, again Well, if, if you would have been in the second balcony, you wouldn't have seen it on Broadway either. At all. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But you heard what he said about doing the Broadway run, right? He said, this is way too much work. But he carried that show, you know? He was fantastic. I heard yeah. he, like, hardly missed a night, which is amazing, given... Anyway, back to Oberon. Yeah. Don't get me started. You almost got me on to Jeremy Piven. He never missed a night. Go on. Yes, let's <laughs> change the subject. <laughs> Mercury yes. see that. Mercury oh, my poison. gosh. Do you believe where we're going? Right, come on, look at this. Turn, turn, turn it, turn it, turn it. Help, help us out here. Yeah, help us out. Get us out of this one. Well, to get us out, besides all the stuff going on here with... Oberon and American Repertoire, or American Rapture. Sorry. Rapture. A rapture. Yeah. In Repertoire. Uh, Alex, I, I hear you've got a couple really exciting things coming up. As a, a, is it mostly as a playwright or is it as a director too? It's or? mostly as a playwright. Um, yeah, it's been a good, it's been a really, really good year. Um, uh, Jeffrey Richards, who's a, just a magnificent perform, uh, producer, and I mean that. I'm not uh, just saying it. He produced uh, Osage County. He produced uh, Spring Awakenings. He was in produced the Speed the Plow, which would have been an enormous hit. Now I hope they that Macy, you know, William brings it back Macy, to life. William Macy, William Macy, go, go, go see Speed go the Plow. See him, go see it again if you didn't see it before. Um, Jeff, Jeff, uh, option my play Still Life, uh, and I'm going to be working with uh, director Will Frears, uh, who directed Omnium Gatherum, among other things in the city. I can't remember his whole resume, but we're supposed to open on uh, on Broadway if all goes right and uh, the recession doesn't uh, beat us over the head. Uh, on, in October of this year, um, and that'll be my uh, my first my first Broadway uh, play. Yeah. And then another play of mine, Red Dog Howls. We're working a company called Gang of Five, along with Jack Daglish, who's now producing the story of our lives upcoming soon. He produced a, he was one of the producers on Spring Awakenings. He did Xana Don't, which I worked on way back when, 
And uh, we're working on my other play, Red Dog Howls, with Kathleen Chalfant to open uh, in London with director Melly Still, who directed Quorum Boy some time back, but a uh, uh, prominent director there in England. And we hope to open that uh, one year uh, from now, spring 10, in London. So hopefully it'll be, uh, uh, everything goes right, we don't go off the rails, and it should be a great year. Yeah, so that's... Wow, Brad was right. You know, before before you made it into the studio, he was saying that he's probably never going to get to work with you again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he might, and, and maybe not this time. Actually, I was about to tell him something before he started this. Um, never mind, we'll save it. Ah, shit. <laughs> no, I. Uh, I He'll be on the phone going, "Please, will you help us with the fundraiser?" Please. It's not. Yeah, I, I was. T- I was telling him. And you'll be like, "Nah." <laughs> <laughs> Who are we raising funds for? Um, I, I was telling him that this is actually the fun because when you're when you're dealing with the other you know when you it's constantly waiting when you're waiting to open a lot of things will happen and you, you just feel victimized and and you sort of when you get in that pipeline you forget how what the joy of going to rehearsal and working with actors and doing you know work and then going out for a pint afterwards and talking about you know what the work was like the joy of being the, being a theater gypsy and when you're sitting around waiting you feel sort of helpless is, and, yeah isn't the development process hell it's hell. I mean, I, I, it's hell, no matter I, what. It is. I imagine, you know, even with you know the, the, these great producers on board, I imagine that you sit there with wondering if you should tell people, or because you never know. Oh yeah, in, in the theater world, you just I've had never to take. Know. I've had it snatched away twice. I was I was doing a play with Rosie uh, Rosie O'Donnell and Danny Aiello. One of my plays called Folding the Monster, and we were there and we were set. And I, you know, I'm not going to tell any dirty stories. Uh, but that's what we're here for. <laughs> yeah, but 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 we were we had a theater booked. We had the the Lyceum booked after uh, after Inherit the Wind and sort of ready to go and you're feeling excited and you want to you know tell your family and it's sort of like you know it, it is it's sort of like when I guess when you first get pregnant uh, you 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 know you're as a couple and you don't tell anybody for twelve weeks in case you know they say you wait that long it's the same thing it, it's it, it's sort of torture but we did a Michael Weller play last year and um, I knew that Michael Weller had this two-hander that was that was coming that was in the pipeline had been going for a while for four years and it's a two-hander with michael weller and and well i think it was uh to start phil, with philip phil hoffman, hoffman in the beginning yeah was, you know and so that's 50 words that just opened and it took that long to get it and normally a butts came in but yeah and, and i called Forever. michael and i said hey we're looking at your show i know you've got this other stuff happening but we'd love to do it and mm-hmm. and uh and it's that's the excitement of our of our company. We could just say, "Hey, look, we want to do something. We want to do it now. Can can we do it?" And right. and um, Alex and I and the ensemble have been um, talking for quite a long time. Alex is familiar with a lot of the people's work, and when we started talking about ideas, he was like, "Well, I know." I know these characters that I've created and I know your people and these are different ideas and we can all work together and we can make something happen. Yeah. We started this talk eight weeks ago, maybe. Yeah. I know, we just started rehearsal. Yeah, and it's a joy. It's a joy after all that. Yeah, I'm curious. Now, the, the shows are running in rep and um, I, I, there tends to be two ways of running rep. Two separate casts or predominantly the same cast frantically switching back and forth on their hats. What is the... I know you're in both. What's the overall scenario? for? Well, the, the, the beautiful thing that doing the short plays enables us to do 
is there are people playing multiple roles in the short plays. So you might see them start the evening as one character, and by the end, they're playing a completely different character. We, we, within the, the Night of the One Act. Within That's like Keanu Reeves and Dracula. Well, I tried not to cast anybody who had a, a lead role in, in the Shakespeare. Um, uh, but what, what happens with the idea of um, doing the, the rep shows, and you hope that you can cast people in both different evenings, but the reality is that we are not paying people's rent. We are not giving them a paycheck where they can go and just be mine for two months. So what we found out is that that's a nearly impossible commitment. We had a guy that played two leads in two of the nights, and it worked out. But Until he, he almost, got kicked out of his apartment. He, he almost <laughs> lost his mind in his apartment. <laughs> his mind, he mind he did a home. great job, job, but he was able... Come to New York and act and lose your house. <laughs> lose your house, home, family, whatever. But, um, but so that's become increasingly difficult as we raise the stakes because we really do want every single character to be just balls-out fantastic. And um, working with Alex and, and this evening is we're, we're finding ways to really just take advantage of his incredible writing and give these oh, actors shucks. a bunch of meat to just chomp onto and eat. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, the, the rep runs from February 12th through March 1st. That's right. Right on. Theater Row, Comfortable Theater. The Beckett. And the tickets are $100, $200? Um, but if you get them before you go to the theater. <laughs> if you buy them from Brad personally, yes, they're $225. On the street. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. the cool thing is there are there are Wednesday matinees. But no, it is cheaper to make it is. clear. It's what 20 it is. Bucks, 20 bucks, 20 bucks. Can you believe that? Take your girlfriend out. It's cheaper than a, cheaper than a movie because we don't have $8 popcorn. But um, but you can come on Wednesdays and see one show in the afternoon and check out the other one in the evening, and we do the same thing on the Saturdays. You can make a whole evening of theater, catching some Shakespeare and then some some brand-new works by Alex Denilaris, right. who might be there. He might be there if you come to the show, and you might get to meet this guy. Hey, listen, I'll invite right now, after the plays, everybody out to the West Bank for beers. <laughs> We're in. <laughs> we'll make that part of the ticket price. Yeah, come out, get right drunk, up. watch us. Have watch a few us. drinks before. <laughs> you know? um, they have a bar there at Theater Row. Have some cocktails before. But Act says you can't sleep your way to the top with Alex. He's married. Well, I, I never say can't. I, never, I don't want to put myself in, you know. A box. Well, well yeah, there's a joke in there somewhere. Somewhere. Yeah. I'm not going to find it. But okay. Yeah, I bet you're not. <laughs> oh, oh, practice. You'll yeah. get there. All right. So over on Theater Company, the shows are American Rapture and Much Ado About Nothing. Uh, the website is oberontheater.org. Perfect. Well, go, go R, see it, Theater. that's R-E-dot like org. Yeah, like it should be spelled. And Brad Fryman and Alex Dinalaris. Nice. Got it Perfect. again. Got it every time. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, thank you so much for stopping by, and best of luck with your run. Thanks a lot Thanks for doing this. On the positive side. Hey, once again, it's this is Marty Cooper. And I'm still on the positive side after a long absence. I'm glad to be back. I'm glad to be on, the, uh, on this year's uh, premiere uh, podcast. What I've been doing with my time, as you know, as I told you last time, I uh, 
left colony for various reasons, some good, some not so good. I have found a job, I have found the, the career of my lifetime of loving the theater as I do. Uh, I uh, have joined the Ushers Union and uh, I am now a sub actually with the Schuberts. Actually being a sub uh, is, is a good thing because you don't see the same thing every night. I'm really enjoying what I'm doing. I'm getting to see some great things. Uh, a few weeks ago, uh, I ushered Shrek, which I kind of liked. Uh, I wasn't sure whether I'd like it, but I kind of liked it. They do some fun things. Uh, I think Chris Sieber, on his knees, the entire performance is great. Uh, Brian Darcy James, uh, as always, is great. Sutton Foster is... Fiona is fantastic. The music, I might say, is kind of pedestrian uh, by actually someone whose music I've always loved, Janine Tesori. It really is not as important to the show as you might think. Uh, the effects, the characters, the personalities, and everything like that add a lot. I saw most of it, actually. I was on break at one point. Um, going back as a customer shortly at the beginning of March, uh, and I'll get to see the show. Last night, I ushered Will Ferrell uh, playing uh, George W. And he started the show by saying, uh, uh, as of eight hours ago, I am no longer the president of the United States. And that got a standing ovation. Uh, a lot of fun, a lot of funny lines, a lot of very irreverent stuff. I don't think Mr. Bush would care for it whatsoever. But it was nice. It was sold out. It's good to see one theater coming back uh, and sell out performance. Last week, uh, I, I was in on Equus and, and Mamma Mia in one day, and they were sold out. Well, last Saturday was a holiday, part of a holiday weekend. Uh, so a lot of people going out to the theater. I wanted to say one thing about this. I was talking to a friend yesterday, the other day, and we're talking about the economy affecting the theater. Uh, but I must say, uh, you put on a show like Jersey Boys, uh, Mamma Mia, uh, Billy Elliot, which I think is one of the greatest shows ever, and somehow people will dig deep into their shallow wallets and find money to go see these shows at full price for the most part. Everyone talks about the last depression that we had uh, I am not calling this a depression yet. Uh, by the way, my little joke about that is the uh, difference between a recession is, and a depression is a recession is when your neighbor's out of work, a depression is when you're out of work. Uh, but anyway, in the last depression that we had, uh, people found money for entertainment. Uh, and there's a lot on Broadway, if you can spare it, that will give you a good time and make you forget some of the hard times we're going through. Uh, one play that won't is Equus. It won't make you forget anything. Uh, it will get you down a bit, but it is truly a great performance by Daniel Radcliffe. You will never see Harry Potter in the same light ever again. He is fantastic. The end of both acts, and yes, that big nude scene, it's not about the nude scene, it's about what's taking place during it, uh, is jaw-dropping. I've seen it a few times in the last couple of weeks because fortunately the head usher at that theater likes me a lot and she has me back. 
but I enjoy it every time I watch it. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe is great. Richard Cri Griffiths is great as the as a psychiatrist who's who's taking care of this case. In case you're one of the two people that don't know what the play is about, uh, it's about a young man of 17 who blinds six horses, and he's seeing a psychiatrist. He's totally off the deep end, and. Uh, if you look, read between the lines, it's about sexual tendencies. It's kind of, if you, if you will, a very problematic story. Uh, some people call it sick. It's not sick whatsoever. Uh, it's about people's passions. And uh, I find it great, and I think it's really worth seeing. Uh, so if you have a chance, before it closes, and that's, uh, uh, and that's February 8th, uh, drop in and see it. Uh, in any case, uh, if you have any ideas or if you want to give me any of your opinions on what things I've just said uh, or my life or whatever, uh, email me at broadwaymarty at AOL.com. And once again, this is Marty Cooper. And forever stay on the positive side. Curtain call. All right. Well, no top the trades this week, as I said, with getting the live event together and no interns to help. I was a little swamped uh, getting the script ready for the news story. So again, if you're interested in interning, uh, drop me an email, cover letter resume at mgilbo at broadwaybullet.com. And don't miss our first live show, January 25th at the Times Square Arts Center. It's on 43rd and 8th in Times Square, 6 to 10 p.m. You can find out all the information at broadwaybullet.com. Use the code HIPPOPOTAMUS for a discount. Come have a lot of fun, meet a lot of great friends. It's going to be a blast. And also, as I mentioned briefly in the call board, we are back to weekly. Uh, they aren't going to be the super stuff double episodes that we did when we started going bi-weekly, but uh, this should make him into a little bit more manageable chunks for everybody and, and, and keeping it a lot more regular. So uh, hopefully that excites you guys. Um, next week, we're going to be featuring some of the highlights from the performances at the Broadway Bullet Spotlight. So if for some reason you couldn't get there because you were out of town, if you're in New York, of course you're going, right? Uh, if you're out of town, you'll be able to catch up what's going on, some stuff in the podcast. We'll be posting some clips on YouTube as well. So Mark your calendars. You don't have too long to wait. Uh, we're just putting this out. It's up this Sunday, Broadway Bullet Spotlight, January 25th. Hope to see you there. And I will see you next week. I'm your host, Michael Gilbo, and thanks for hopping on board the Broadway Bullet. The hairs went up on the back of my neck. The Broadway Bullet. It was a thrilling moment. With stars Jeff theater and business arts major. I know what most theater programs are like, and I've talked to thousands of artists. All of this told me that a new style of theater major was needed. Theater majors can get a pretty good arts education just about anywhere, but most programs do very little to prepare actors, directors, playwrights, technicians, producers, etc. to manage their careers. When you go into the arts, you are your own business, and you need to manage that, to strategically plan for your career to grow. If you've listened to many of these interviews, 
you know you need to be self-starters to create your own opportunities. I'm going to make sure you are ready for that world. You'll get a ton of opportunities as an undergraduate. Actors will act, even as freshmen. Designers will design shows right away. Playwrights will see their shows mounted. Directors will direct. Producers will handle shows from inception to execution. Outstanding guest artists will conduct workshops, and outstanding students will even work on this podcast and travel to New York with me for interview weeks. And if that isn't enough, we've got an amazing program that will pay all or part of your student loan payments, even private loans, if you are earning less than $40,000 six months after graduation. That is an invaluable option that lets you pursue your passion in theater with less financial pressure. If interested, and I hope you are, Go to broadwaybullet.com. I'd love to help you launch your career.